You're listening to the Colin Truesdell Jazz Jam. Thank you. 
Well, thanks for tuning in to yet another week of the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam, ladies and gentlemen. So right here, FaceTiming us, well, actually Facebook messaging us from New York City, we've got one of the preeminent Hammond B3 organists, pianists in the United States, in fact, the world right now. This is Mr. Brian Charette here on the show today. He's got a brand new recording out. And it's in the I, I, iTunes top twenty, man. It's re- really uh, wow. Really, doing, I didn't even know. Yeah, and, and that's <laughs> that's how I I I I listened to it the other day, and uh-huh. uh, and I've been listening to this recording a lot. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'd urge you to go check it out. But we're gonna play a lot of this music today. So, Brian, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate you taking time to be on it. Oh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. So we got a lot of music to get to, but right mm-hmm. off the bat, I'd like to just you know let listeners know what got you into music what got you into playing piano and the hammond and all that kind of good stuff well i my mother played the piano not professionally but she was a very good pianist and i would hear when i was very young i had a piano in my house and at a very very early age like three years old i would walk down to the piano all day long um i actually had a fireside book of american folk songs you ever seen this green book a very famous folk American book of folk songs. And I would open it to a, a song in there called The Great Wall of China, which had a picture of the Great Wall, kind of an animation on the top. And at a very early age, I would walk down to the piano, open the book, the pages, two pages, and I would just improvise staring at the picture for hours. Um, I would do this all the time, and my mother realized I wanted to play the piano, so I started to take lessons pretty young, you know. Awesome. And so then you went on to, to study at university and then, you know, fast forward a, a couple of years, you know, you're doing some major things. Some major things and some not so major things, just like all of us. Um, but, you know, I play Hammond organ mostly now, which has been very good for me because there's not as many Hammond organists as there are other instrumentalists. Um, so I think if you're a, a competent Hammond organist, you kind of rise to the to the top of the charts a little more easily maybe because there's not as many people so that's that's really helped a lot to be honest um yeah something i was i was listening you know with to my to the recording with my wife last night and i was like you know people don't understand what ham and b3 organ is a lot of times first of all if you're playing the piano man you got to have some cognitive ability to do two hands at once right yeah but these guys they do all four limbs so he's playing with his two hands, and then he's also playing the bass notes with his feet. <laughs> no, you have to be—you have to be a very special kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so really, what what's happening here, ladies and gentlemen, is, is he's taking away gigs from bass players. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, but it's still amazing, man. And and this recording is definitely a testament to how awesome it can sound uh, when you get all four limbs working. And so uh, the next track I'd like to play off this recording called Once and Future is uh, Latin from Manhattan. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, This is a Latin kind of piece, obviously. It's uh, bossa nova. And on this recording, we're kind of paying homage to great organists. Um, Actually, the, the term Latin from Manhattan was coined to describe Ethel Smith, who was a very early Hammond organist. Um, in 1935, she was actually a rep for the company. She was a very attractive lady. She would dress in, uh, you know, pumps and Chantilly lace. 
um, she had her hair in a bun in a bun and she actually became very well known for playing in South America. Um, and she is the person who the phrase Latin from Manhattan is coined for. So this song is kind of our homage to Ethel Smith. And we kind of try to use some of her drawbar settings. And this is true of the rest of the album as well. When we're, when we're uh, looking at a Larry Young piece, we're trying to use some of his drawbar settings, Jimmy Smith and so on. And sometimes halfway through the pieces, I switch to a very modern sound, uh, let's say, even I might be playing something very traditional. Um, so kind of the whole, you know, m all, most of my albums until now, especially the ones on Positone, have been pretty futuristic, like they have a lot of electronics. And this is almost, in a way, the most traditional one I've ever done. We're playing these classic blue note organ tunes, um, sometimes by obscure organist by Freddie Roach, who a lot of people don't know about. But we're trying to do that through my slightly twisted lens, let's say. <laughs> All right. Well, here is more music from Brian Charette's latest album, Once in Future. Please go check it out. And your website, so people can pull it up while they're listening, is... B-R-I-A-N-C-H-A-R-E-T-T-E.com. BrianCharette.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. Stay tuned for more music. Here is Latin from Manhattan. Thank you. 
Latin from Manhattan, Mr. Brian Charette's uh, tune off of his album Once in Future. So, Brian, um, you know, we had Steve Fittick on the show a couple weeks ago, and uh, mm-hmm. and so that's how I got connected with you. And so you want to mm-hmm. talk a little about about the guys on this recording? Sure. Steve, actually, I met Steve just for this recording because he's been working a lot with Positone. And I had a last minute cancellation of the drummer for my uh, session. So Steve came in, um, very meticulous guy, great drummer, um, had everything very prepared. Um, Will Bernard has played on a couple of my albums, and I play on a couple of his albums. Um, he lives here in New York, and we work a lot together. Um, and that's it. And, we, and the group has been playing gigs you know, since the record came out. Um, we played a CD release party. We have a few more things in New York. Um, yeah, like that. You know, with Positone, there's a there's kind of a stable of artists that play on a lot. You're talking about Doug Webb you're going to have on your show. Like, I've played on a few of Doug Webb's records. It's almost like the Blue Note Records kind of model where, you know, um, Wynton Kelly is playing on a lot of records and and uh, Billy Higgins and stuff like this. So Positone has a stable of, of good artists, and you see them appearing on a lot of albums. So it really, you know... Um, really pulls everybody up so everybody's always kind of on the radio and and uh in the press you know and and getting a lot of visibility and that's one of the the strongest selling points i think of their of their uh records hence the name posit posit yes yes Yes. (laughs) so uh so so talk a little bit about your um record label engagement how did that all fall into place has that been something that's been going for a long period of time well i've actually been on a few record labels i was on steeplechase for a number of years and then i was on positone um i actually started to get started to go work in los angeles about five or six years ago a lot i would make trips there to try to get work now i'm kind of working there um semi-regularly and on one of these trips i spoke to mark free who was one of the owners of positone um we became friends. We hang out. We hung out a lot. We would go hear music together. Um, so the whole thing kind of developed uh, very organically. Um, the first first time I played for the for the record label was with an artist named Mike Derubo, um, who had a great record called Kronos come out. I guess that was six or seven years ago now. So this is how I met the guys and became familiar with them. Um, and they make all of their records in New York, you know, so I end up being a side. I think I've, I must have been on, I don't know, 20 Positone records in the last uh, four or five years, you know. Cool, man. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that sounds like a really positive environment they got going for the record label. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, so let's get back to the recording here. Um, a tune that, that everybody loves is At Last. Do you want to talk yes. about why you put this on your record and, and, and what this well, means to you? This, this cut is kind of our homage to a very um, obscure organist in a way named Freddie Roach, who a lot of people are not very knowledgeable about. But this is one of his 
uh, big hits. Um, and I play with his draw bar. With, he had a very unusual vibrato setting on the organ. So on this song, I'm using his settings, which sounds very different than a stock Jimmy Smith or Larry Young setting, for instance. Cool, man. Here is Brian Charette's At Last off of his Once and Future recording. Check it out.
else, ladies and gentlemen, from Brian Charette's latest album, Once in Future, on the iTunes Top 20 right now. And uh, and we're, we've been talking about that a little bit over the break. And so, uh, Brian, <clears throat> um, what do you got coming up? I know you got a lot of stuff happening in, in support uh-huh. of this release, and uh, you're just a naturally busy dude in, in general. So what's going on? Well... I'm going to play this Friday night at a really cool place in Stanford, Connecticut called The Ninth Note with my group. Um, and then I actually will go to Europe for a couple weeks. I teach in a jazz workshop in Prague, Czech Republic, actually, um, where I have private students and I give lectures. It's kind of like an all-day, um, I don't want to say jazz camp because it's not really a camp, but it's like where young people, actually people of all ages go there to learn about music. Um, when I come back to the States in August, I have a lot of gigs. I'm going to play at the San Jose Jazz Festival. I'm going to do a B3 concert in Vancouver for Corey Weeds, um, who has the record label Seller Live. Do you know this record label? He puts a lot of cool records out and he's a saxophonist as well. Um, um, I have a new group with a keyboardist named Henry Hay uh, and Jochen Ruckert, who plays on many of my earlier albums. A um, lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff. Cool, man. So, uh, so, so for people that have just tuned in, um, what's the website again that that, you, that they can go to to check out your recordings? My website is b r i a n c h a r e t t e dot com. Brian dot com. And we've been talking about this all day long, that uh, the, the new recording is up on iTunes, and it's off on the Positone record label. And uh, and so this next tune, I've been cooking a lot of food, listening to this CD, huh. and and every time this tune comes on, I say the words, Hot Barbecue. You want to talk <laughs> a little bit about that? So this is a very uh, well-known Jack McDuff tune. So this is uh, one of our features uh, for the for Captain Jack. Um, always one of my favorite tunes from him and we're obviously all singing hot barbecue in the studio so it was fun um i actually think i play like a distorted kind of solo on this too right like i have like a distorted organ um reminiscent almost of keith emerson who we very tragically uh, lost a few months ago so on the album too sometimes i do like a mashup of a couple different artists so this one has a little bit of keith emerson which is a pretty un, you know, unusual uh, organist in jazz. You know, most people put him in the rock category, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of a little rock for a jazz organist, actually, so he's one of my bigger influences. So I work some of that uh, in there on this track. Awesome. Here is Hot Barbecue off of Brian Charette's latest album, Once and Future. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen.
Hot barbecue. Take me Today. to ch- take me to church, <laughs> man. <laughs> that was off of uh, Brian Charette's latest album, Once and Future. He's FaceTiming us all the way from New York City, down in the village, right? East Village. East Village. All right. Well, we'll the be crunchy fo- village, the crunchy one. Nice, man. Before we get back with more interview with uh, with Brian, I got to pump the show real quick. Uh, if you're interested in supporting the show, just Log on to Facebook and please like the show, ladies and gentlemen. And also, if you like the show that much more, guess what? You can go on iTunes and download every single episode of the show we have done as a podcast. And it is free. What better agreement and arrangement can you get, man? Get all these awesome artists. So we got a lot of cool shows coming up. We've got... um, uh, actually, I'm I'm working with a very special guest that I can't even say his name, and he's one of the biggest <laughs> one of the biggest jazz artists, fusion artists in the world. So hopefully he agrees to come on the show, and uh, we got a bunch of different different artists coming up. So please always log in and check out uh, check out the show. So back in the studio though, we got Mr. Brian Charette. So Brian, uh, so in in your bio, you ha- you were nominated for a Grammy. You want to talk a little bit about that project? <laughs> You may be less impressed after you hear what album it's for. Um, it's a Grammy. 14, 14 years ago or so, I was working. I was actually a sub for the Conan O'Brien show. I'm very good friends with all of these guys. When the show was in New York, we would do a lot of gigs together, especially the Vivino brothers, who are the saxophonist and the guitarist on that show. A character on the show... Um, played by Robert Smigel, was Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Do you ever remember this? <laughs> I think so, yeah. For, yeah. for me to poop on, the dog with the cigar. Uh-huh. So I actually produced tracks on his Warner Brothers comedy album debut, Come Poop With Me, um, <laughs> which was nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but But now forever... Forever on out, you're going to be a Grammy-nominated artist. For me to poop on. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's what man. Triumph says. Oh, oh it's man. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. That is pretty hilarious. So something uh, people might not know about you is you're, um, you're very active with Kung Fu, right? Well, I used to be a little more active with it than I am now. But at a time, I was uh, all about it, I guess. So what got you into karate and kung fu? Or are they the same thing or not? They're not the same thing. Um, kung fu is from China. Um, karate actually comes from kung fu. Um, I actually think Okinawan karate comes directly from white crane kung fu, which is my main style. Um, I, I actually did karate styles when I was a younger kid, like 17. I did a, I did a style called uh, Washinru. Hideo Chai was the master. And I didn't do it for many years, um, but I was in my late 20s, and I think I was out of shape, and I wanted to get some kind of exercise. Uh, and I had never really seen a lot of Bruce Lee movies, and for some reason I watched one, and I was just... Uh, enamored with his with the way he could manipulate his body um and i started to do some research about different styles um and white crane kung fu was very interesting to me because it was the most flippy kind of one you know as a byproduct of me studying kung fu i can like break dance it's funny to see a 43 year old <laughs> man just start break dancing on the floor oh, um man. But when I started to study it, I became very interested in all other, other kinds of styles. And in my early 30s, I was doing jujitsu and taekwondo and many different uh, styles of, of martial arts. But, you know, I was getting hurt a lot. Um, it would also make me feel very nervous to walk around thinking about fighting all the time. So I'm actually very much a pacifist now, and I still do the forms uh, but I don't fight anymore. I don't uh, spar anymore. I don't have any kind of uh, fighting applications of it anymore. I can't even watch fighting anymore. You know, uh, it's it's made me become very uh, much a pacifist. My experience with that, to be honest. Interesting. Yeah. Well, always interesting to to hear about some pe- some musicians different. Uh different things that they do other than music but uh, it really helped me to play music like it helped me to have you know white crane especially a lot of the training is balance oriented like you would be standing on one leg in some very strange posture on a couple bricks and you'd have to stay there for a while and it makes you control your breathing it makes you control your physicality which has direct applications to playing the Hammond organ hmm. you know uh, so I find that the, the biggest benefit of me studying those things was that I was able to play music more effortlessly. Interesting. Awesome. Mm. Well, that's great to hear, man. So back to the recording. Um, this, this next tune is, is a tune um, that I, I remember in my studying of jazz music in high school. This was one of my favorite tunes, and this is Zoltan. Uh, yes, so you want to Larry talk, Young. Yeah, Larry Young, Zoltan. And I love that album. That whole album is slamming. Yeah. So this, we have a couple songs on the album inspired by Larry Young, who was obviously a very important jazz organ influence. Uh, kind of the first guy to play a lot of fourths and alternate kind of harmony. Um, so we cover a couple of his tunes, one of them being Zoltan from the famous record Unity. Yeah, man. All right, so this is Zoltan off of Brian Charette's latest album, Once and Future. Check it out.
The mighty, mighty Zoltan. I love that tune, man. Uh, so this is uh, we're back on the on the air here with uh, Brian Charette, who is uh, Facebook messaging us uh, all the way from New York City. And so um, over the break, we were talking a little bit about the New York City scene and and the sense of community um, that that you that you feel. You want to talk a little bit about that, Brian? Sure. I think New York City has an incredible scene. Like I'm very friendly with with all of the guys here. Um, I I feel like everyone is very supportive. Um, we get gigs from each other. We run into each other uh, socially when we're out listening to music. I think it's a very healthy, creative environment. And there is a there is a respect I feel from other musicians who live in New York because they know that it's hard here. They know if you're like making it here in any kind of way, like if you're even surviving here, like it's an incredible accomplishment. Um, so there's kind of an unspoken respect um, that people give each other. It didn't, it wasn't always that way. Like when I first moved here 23 years ago, I would say it was a little more cutthroat. Um, but I really feel now a lot of some more support from the community. Um, the community really makes the, the concerts go well. Um, if I'm playing a concert at Smalls, you know, there'll be 30 great musicians there listening to it, supporting the music, you know. So I really can't say enough about the the people who play music in New York. I find them very friendly uh, and approachable for the most part. Uh, and I feel very fortunate to be here. You know? Awesome, man. That's great. Um, all right, so let's get back to some more music. I gotta, I'd like to get through three more tracks, see if we can do this. Uh, the next cool. tune is called The Scorpion. Uh, really cool. quick, you want to talk about that? This is a tune made popular by Lou Donaldson. Um, uh, Lonnie Smith is the organist on the cut. Um, I work for Hammond Organ. I, I'm, a, I, uh, I'm endorsed by Hammond, and I've gotten very close with Lonnie Smith over the last few years. Uh, and have such fondness for him. I also worked for Lou Donaldson when I was actually a very young person. I think I played with Lou Donaldson when I was like 17 years old or something like that. Um, 
so this song holds a very special place in my heart for me. Uh, so yeah, that's why we wanted to do it. It's a cool tune, too. Oh, all right, man. The Scorpion from Brian Charette's latest album, Once and Future. Check it out.
The Scorpion off of Brian Charette's latest album, Once in Future. we got a quick turnaround because we're going to get to two more songs in here. So the next tune I'd like to play is called Ain't It Funky Now. You want to talk about that one really quickly? This is actually written by James Brown and popularized by Grant Green. Um, and we just love to play this song on gigs, so we wanted to throw this on the album too. Awesome. Check this one out. This one's really nice.
Ain't It Funky off of Brian Charette's latest album, Once in Future. So, Brian, I really appreciate you coming in and, and being on the show. Uh, I know you're a very oh. busy dude, man, and I'm so glad that we got to have this this oh, time Oh, I appreciate together. being on your show. This is how people find out about my music, and, you know, people like me need people like you. Well, I appreciate it, man. And you know, something that I like to get from people that have had long, uh, extensive careers and with a lot of experience, I like to get some words of wisdom that you'd like to pass on to any any musicians out there. My words of wisdom are to plow diligently and expect no harvest. <laughs> That's harsh. But I, <laughs> I, it is what the music industry is now, man. Mm-hmm. But All right, well... Brian, I thank you so much for being on this show. And, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested in um, checking out more of Brian's music, you can head over to his website, briancharette.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-C-H-A-R-E-T-T-E.com. And then, ladies and gentlemen, please tune in every single Sunday night at 8 p.m. The show re-airs at uh, 4 p.m. on Tuesday. And then also, please go on to iTunes and subscribe and download the podcast for free. And then one last note, if you like the show, please go on to to Facebook and like the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam. We're going to leave you with one last tune off of Brian Charette's latest album. This is Blues for 96. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good night and talk to you later.
Thank you.